This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Coming up at 310, we'll have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle talking all things NFL. We also got a bunch of text messages on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And the way to send a text message to us is the number 69187. That's the phone number. And then the first three letters of your text message is R-N-R. And then space in your message, and then you're good to go. I got to explain it because sometimes it gets a little... It's a little weird, a little wonky, and so people get confused sometimes. So we just want to make sure we explain it so you understand. So you get your your text message uh, onto the show each and every day. If you take the time to send us a text, we want to make sure that uh, we get to it. we got plenty of text messages to get to, but we also have a very patient caller right now on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Raider Reggie, you're on. the you're on. What's up, my man? How you doing? Q! What's up, baby boy? Chilling, brother. My, my boy, DeMond, just handling his business like he always do. Man, I, I, I got a couple of topics. You, you kind of got me thinking about a lot of different things. First, it's a personal thing. Are you serious that you – were you a late bloomer or what? I thought you would be one of them kids hitting them over the fence all the time. <laughs> no, 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 Raider Reggie, I was – just talking big game. No, no, I wasn't. I was fast. I just – I was a leadoff hitter. And, and, my, and no joke. My favorite baseball player is Ricky Henderson. My favorite okay. athlete of all time okay. is Ricky. So I would hit okay. the ball to the outfield, but I would stop it first so I could steal the, all the other bases. That's just my thing. Okay, so my favorite baseball player, Ricky Henderson. There you go. But right behind him was Bo Jackson. Okay. <laughs> but, man, I, I was always the short guy, like super short when I was in junior high and high school. But I was – I don't know. I was smacking him over the fence, man. So I was I don't know about you, Q. This is your first time. I'm 55, so I, I got a few I can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's let's get down to it, man. I'm like one of the callers earlier. I I can't even put myself in the position to start saying we're good because I've been there, man. I've I've been there thinking this. You know, we win six, seven games, and it would look like if we just win these last three or win, you know, mm-hmm. we're real close to being there, and then the bottom fall out. So it could be a fear factor, or it just could be learning the lesson. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now I kind of break it down in sections. And since we got 17 weeks, it's a little different, but I'm looking at by week 10, when we get ready to play the Chiefs. Okay. That game is going to tell us a whole bunch about these Raiders because they already learned that they could beat them. They already know because they did it last year and came close to doing it twice. But then also by then they will have played the Chargers and the Broncos. So I'm always focused on our division, Mm -hmm. but overall by week 12, you'll know if you're a playoff team or not by week 12. And, and and awesome this time, by that time, we're going to be playing Thanksgiving in, in Dallas. Big so D. Yep. It's going to be some mad love going 
going on if, if we stay on the on this path that we're on. Right. But man, I can't wait to see it. And I, I've had health issues behind these Raiders, man. So <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm I'm tempering my excitement. I do go all out. I do celebrate every win, but it's one win at a time. We're they're doing some special things. Individual games, they're doing some special things. But this ain't going to be special until we're in the playoffs, man. Gotcha. When we get to the playoffs, then you can say we got a good team, but still got our eye on the prize. I want to be playing in that Super Bowl in uh, SoFi Stadium with Raider Nation blacking out a Super Bowl. I would love that. Right. But you can't get all stupid with it. And, man, we going to beat them. and we go. No, that's just hype. Right. Don't believe the hype, man. Just like Jonathan Abrams said, we taking one game, and you got to be 1-0 and for that week. And you know what's dope about him, man? I, I say this every time. The Raiders last year looked like they were leaning in on all the rookies. Like, that was our leadership, was those guys from that rookie season, right? Now you can see that they not only developed, and they're all becoming their own guy and uh, getting unity and all of that, but also we got some good – uh, veterans in here teaching them the right way of thinking, the right way of training, the right way of practicing. So it's showing up in the games, even in the tight games, games that we would not have won if the team was the same as the years before. So I'm like I said, I can't I can't say they're a great team or any of that until they make it to the playoffs, and then I'm still being mindful of what the goal is, man. Okay, so, I like Nation, it. I love y'all, man. Uh, I, I'm going to be seeing you tonight. Yep. I'm going to be seeing you tonight, bro. I yeah. can't wait. Yes, sir. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to still be in my silver and black, even though I'm going to have some ace and stuff on, too. <laughs> I got to go silver and black. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you tonight, brother. Appreciate the call. Good stuff. That's Raider Reggie right there. Uh, so he's talking about the team will be special. He'll call the team special when they make the playoffs. And I'm not mad at that. I feel like that's a that's fair. That's very fair. Call the team a, a, a team a, a, that's special. When they're in the playoffs and they're playing in the postseason, I, I like that. That's a good call right there from uh, Raider Reggie. Uh, we did get a text message from Big Dub Raider from L.A. Q, I think I, I feel the team is special if we have none or one loss by the Kansas City game. Kansas City play, or they play Kansas City week 10, November 14th. So either the team has not lost a game or only lost one game heading into that game against Kansas City. I think right now, if we're on Raider Nation Radio in November and they ain't lost a game, man, we ain't even going to be able to keep the phone on the hook. That's what I'm talking about. If if it's November, and I'm not saying it's going to be, if it's November and they ain't lost a game, there's going to be people lined up outside on Flamingo trying to get up up in here. I'm just telling you, because we have heard some folks call in, talk about Super Bowl after three wins. Could you imagine us being in November with no losses? Man, come on. Come on. The shows will write themselves. I won't have to do a damn thing. <laughs> Q, you prep for the show? Nope. I just walked in and said, hello. What's I've on your waiting, mind? <laughs> I've been waiting all day to get this off my chest. Right. <laughs> we'll have folks calling in sick from work. I'm supposed to be on my lunch break, but the hell with that. The they Raiders ain't lost do. the game. I'll, hey, man, I ain't going to lie. I was that bro, and we'll get to John McClain. Is, are we getting him right now? We're going to get John McClain on from the Houston Chronicle right now to talk all things NFL. Uh, back in the day when I worked at the grocery store, I worked at Lucky's in Pleasanton. Uh, Dublin, too, but I got banished out that Dublin store and had to go to Pleasanton, but that's a whole other story. When I worked there, 
I was that bro that when I went on break, I went on break. Like, <laughs> and when I broke, they had to come look for me. Hey man, you want CQ? Nah, I ain't seen him. Uh, he went on break. He went on break a long time ago. In the break, only ten minutes. Yep. But you already know how Q is. Once he breaks, he's breaking. Right now, on the phone lines, special guest as always. Each and every Thursday, he joins the show. That's John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You can find him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And John, we were just talking about teams undefeated right now. There's five of them left in the league, three and zero right now. At what point, from your extensive knowledge of covering the league and, and following the league and as, as long as you have at what point in the season do you do you really have an idea of who these teams really are well first of all um i saw a thing on espn the other day of people believing in the raiders well they should because the raiders have beaten three teams that won at least 10 games last year that's the way i look at it i look at it at denver has the same record. The Broncos have beaten three teams that are 0-3. Right. Now, that doesn't mean the Broncos are not going to sweep the Raiders this season or beat them 50 to nothing. But to me, it's a much better barometer early in the season. But there's a reason, to that there's a tried-and-true adage that goes like, it's not what you do in September and October. It's what you do in November, December. Now, of course, they play in January, too. And the reason is a lot of teams, every year there's a team that starts off like 5-0 or 6-0, and people get so excited and they get a lot of national attention. Then when the weather gets cold, they fade away. And one thing you have to do when you see teams that are good at this time of year, okay, where do they play? Are they indoors or outdoors? What kind of weather are they going to have starting in about late October from November and December? Because they're going to play in difficult conditions like Buffalo, Mm -hmm. Giants, Jets, Eagles, Bears, all those teams that play outdoors, the Browns. And so some of them are going to be worse. Like I don't see any hope for the Giants or the Jets uh, based on what we've seen so far. Browns have to play with a running game and defense when the weather gets bad because the stadium is on Lake Erie and the wind blows so bad the Browns never have a quarterback with a lot of touchdown passes because they have to be so careful when they throw the ball in those conditions. In the same way in those other cities, that's why Buffalo has to make sure it has a quarterback with a strong arm. And when they drafted Josh Allen and people talked about his lack of accuracy, First thing they talked about was his strong arm, and he can cut that ball through the wind that comes off the lake. And uh, so that's important. And when a team is winning a lot of close games, that tells you they're mentally tough. But can you continue to go to the wire and win a lot of close games? It makes the league more exciting, too. It's off to a great start. Yeah. But, uh, it's hard to sustain. Right. No, it really is. My dad was just saying that. I was talking to him yesterday, and he was just saying that. He said, man, those Raiders sure are, uh, they're, they're, they're dancing with the devil, you know, playing playing those uh, overtime games and getting close to the end, but uh, finding ways to win games. And, uh, I mean, those are tough, John. They really are. But you mentioned the mental toughness, and, and the Raiders in particular have a very young team. Of course, they do have some veterans there, but uh, that, that should be a good sign that they're able to overcome even not playing their best ball. Absolutely. 
And you think John Gruden's not going to use that when they're in other difficult situations, when he's making a halftime speech and they're behind, or he's over on the sideline, or he's talking to Derek Carr? You know, Derek Carr's proven himself a really good come-from-behind quarterback, and that's the first thing it takes. Those players, whether they're veterans or they're rookies or they're early in their careers, they've got to believe in the quarterback. The greatest come-from-behind quarterbacks in history, like John Elway, who's as good as I've ever seen. Tommy Kramer played for Minnesota. Wasn't great, but he could bring him from behind. And a lot of guys have done that. Derek Carr's just as good of it is good at it as anybody. So when they're in those situations, you know, you're sitting there thinking, okay, I got Tom Brady, I got Peyton Manning, and I'm not saying Derek Carr is them, but when it comes to bringing the guys from behind, they're really good at it. And and I think he's been tremendous, and that bodes very well for the close games in the future, especially when it comes down to December crunch time, when it, you just, you separate the contenders from the pretenders, when you've got a quarterback that they all have confidence in, and I'm not talking about the first half. I'm talking about when it comes down to the nut cutting. That, but that is so vital to the success or failure of the team. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And, you know, Derek Carr is in eight, in year eight of his uh, career, and he said to us multiple times that, you know, hey, I'm just out there. I'm very comfortable. I'm just out there playing ball and not worried about what people say. What what switches, what, what switches is, is flipped in a quarterback's mind when they become an eight, nine, ten-year veteran in the league where they just go out there and they pray, play a lot more free? I'll tell you a story, Q. I am on the eighth floor at NRG Stadium where the Texans play, and I'm working. I got here this morning. I've worked here, and I and I I work at a table where it's all glass, and I can look out across the street at the practice fields and the practice bubbles. And I I can still remember when Derek Carr was a little snot-nosed teenager out there throwing passes on the sideline with his daddy while his brother, David Carr, the first pick in franchise history, was at practice. And then Derek went to high school here, and he was pretty good, but nobody had any idea he's going to be the great player that he has become. And the thing is, and this is the way it is, you wonder, okay, why does a quarterback get cut or traded by one team, and then as he approaches 30, all of a sudden he's good? Because can you think about how hard, it is to play quarterback in the NFL. There's nothing harder in sports. And when you've got a coach like John Gruden, it's complicated. When John used to have those things before the draft or his little quarterback meetings on ESPN with the prospects and going over stuff, I was always fascinated. And I thought, how in the world do players remember a 15-word play? And think about when the, when the huddle breaks, and the clock is ticking. Everybody on defense is trying to fool the quarterback. They're faking blitzes. They're shifting in the front. The safety comes up. The Mike linebacker moves. Everything designed to try to confuse him. And then when the ball snapped, they're all trying to take his head off. But at some point in your career, you think, okay, I've seen just about everything. And it doesn't matter if it's division opponent. You've seen it. Like Tom Brady, is there anything? that Tom Brady hasn't seen, not just once or twice, but a hundred times. So he's not going to be confused. And I think that's where Carr is. 
And plus, he's got a lot of talent. Right. Green and Mayock have done a terrific job of getting talent there. We all thought they were nuts when they dismantled the offensive line and now they're unbeaten. I think maybe they know what they're doing. Yeah, it seems like it. They've gotten off to a great start, 3-0. and Of course, they uh, wrap up week four of the regular season on Monday, Monday Night Football against the Chargers, and they're coming off a big win over Kansas City. And, John, I wanted to go to Kansas City next. They're sitting there at 1-2. and two. They're in last in the AFC West. Everyone knows that Kansas City has so much talent. Andy Reid's a great head coach, and, of course, we know how great Patrick Mahomes is. At what point, if you're in Kansas City, do you start to get a little concerned about the start that they've gotten off to? Well, first of all, I think it's kind of cool to see the Chiefs on the bottom for a change since they've been to the last two Super Bowls, and most people had them ticketed for the next Super Bowl. And uh, and and we all thought the NFC West was going to be the best division. I think it still is, but, man, the NFC West is great, too. It'd be fun just to watch the AFC West and the NFC West every <laughs> game. Chargers did a tremendous job. We're still in September. Right. Let's wait and see what happens in November, December. I'll guarantee you, unless Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, the Chiefs are going to be right there. They got a great coach, great personnel department. They got a lot of talent. If Josh Gordon can keep from getting suspended for like a hundredth time, he's going to help them at some at some point. Here might not be in October, might be November, December, but he's just another weapon. Mm-hmm. And if you're an, if you're an AFC West opponent, the last thing you think they need is another weapon in Kansas City. Right. That's exactly what I said when it was announced that he was uh, signing with the team. I said, of course he is. You know, I put that on Twitter, and some people said, oh, he's washed. Oh, he's over. You know, he's, he's not that talented anymore. Look, that dude is a real deal talent, Nobody man. Nobody would know, kid. Nobody <laughs> would have a clue how talented he is. I go back with him when he was at Baylor and got kicked out for smoking too much pot, and then he went to Utah and never played, kicked out for smoking too much pot. He's been suspended like seven times. But everybody always said Josh Gordon was a good guy. He never did anything to hurt anybody but himself, and it's too bad because he is an incredible talent. No telling what he would have accomplished if he could have just said no. And a lot of that had to do with the people he hung around with. Mm -hmm. I would love to see him. He's a Houston native right here from Lamar High School in the middle of this city. I'd love to see him finally get his act together. Maybe he'll be like one of those quarterbacks as he approaches 30, and they just rise up and mature. You know, his problem is the demons. Right. He can't get rid of, but maybe playing with the Chiefs, you know, he played with the Patriots, he's been with some talented teams, maybe going there and thinking he's got a chance to get a Super Bowl ring. Maybe that'll keep him straight on the straight and narrow. Yeah, maybe, may but he is, like you mentioned, a, a very talented dude. He's always been super talented, probably the most talented dude on the field. He just can't stay on the field long enough. We're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond, has a question he wanted to ask you. Go ahead, DeMond. All right, John. Jay Glazer is out here saying that the Texans <laughs> have softened their stance about trading Deshaun Watson. Does that move the needle at all? Because that's a pretty soft like report there. They've softened their stance since the offseason. Has the needle moved at all? DeMond, they have not changed their stance on what they wanted since March. No, I'm wrong. In March, they wanted, before all the legal issues popped up, they wanted three ones, two twos, and a defensive starter. And at the time, eight teams were interested, including division rivals, the Jets and Dolphins. So uh, they thought if you get those teams bidding against each other, the closer they got to the draft, 
that uh, they'd be able to have a haul. If you give up three ones for Trey Lance, what would you give for Deshaun Watson? He's under contract. He was 25 at the time. Now he's 26. Certainly hadn't been used up. He's here at the stadium, works every day, goes to the meetings, he lifts weights, he does everything he's supposed to do but play. And they want to trade him. They wanted to trade him since March, but nobody will make him an offer. I saw one story in national media. They turned down four ones. No, they'd take that in a heartbeat. Another story two weeks ago. They turned down three ones and three threes. No, they would have taken that yesterday. They get offers to mine, but the offers have conditions on them. They're not going to put conditions out there. And let's be honest. Would you, if you are a general manager or an owner, in today's climate, would you make a trade for a player who still has unresolved legal issues, 22 civil suits, 10 of those police complaints, you have an NFL investigation, you have an FBI investigation, you have a police investigation, and nobody knows when he's going to be able to play because everybody thinks Roger Goodell will suspend him when all this is over. So would you commit all those number one picks and that's why people want conditions on them. And plus, they'd be smarter way to off season when a bunch of teams are going to need quarterbacks and you know who finishes where. If you make a mistake and trade him to a team you think is going to have a high pick and say everything was resolved and Watson got to play and won the last four games with his new team and all of a sudden they're taking in the middle of the pack. No, that does not believe them. But the only thing that they worry about here is what if, this time next year, it's still not resolved, mm. and his base salary goes up from ten point five four million to thirty five million. You know, I'd love to be paid ten million to sit around and do hardly anything, but thirty five million, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I would yeah. love that too. Yeah, John, I just really had to ask because Jake Laser, after he, he he went back on his tweet, he doubled down on it. He says, "Keep your eyes on this situation." So that was just like the, well, we got to keep our People eyes on the situation. I got to ask John Clayton. People been keeping their eyes on this situation since March. No, <laughs> actually, before that, since the trade demand the week after the regular season. So we got all our eyes on it and they've been on it. Right, absolutely. And, John, before we let you go, I did want to ask about Davis Mills. Now that he's got a handful of snaps and a handful of throws under his belt, about 50 of them with the Texans, what do you think of the uh, young man out of Stanford? Well, there's a bunch of people here at Q who've already decided after six quarters he can't play. <laughs> and so I did a column this week that's on our website, TexasSportsNation.com, in which I looked up every quarterback ahead of him who started. And his rating of 80.9 is better than Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields. All the rookies are not playing well right now. So does that mean none of them will be able to play? Trying to judge a quarterback after one and a half games or three games is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions as a rookie and won three games. And, uh, but Trevor Lawrence is on a pace to throw 40 interceptions. Mm. He's got nine turnovers. Do we think he can't play? Of course not. People got to be patient. Texans are playing at Buffalo. Josh Allen's first two games mirrored exactly. Davis Mills' first two games, come off the bench first game, start the second one, and Mills plays with a bad team too, but had better stats. But statistics are for losers. So it's fun watching these guys. It's like you've had a baby. Your baby's going to stumble and fall, but, man, 
He's your baby, and you want to watch him grow. <laughs> there you go. I love it. That's a great way to wrap things up. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, Texas Sports Nation, where you can find all your work. What do you got coming out that folks should be on the lookout for, John? I just wrote a column about Brandon Cooks of the Texans receiver. Even though they have no other receivers, he's on a pace for 130 catches and 1,800 yards, playing with Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills, and that is sustained excellence, but he never gets any credit nationally, even though he's hit 5,000-yard seasons in seven years. And uh, I want to thank you, Keith, for putting me on. DeMond, always a pleasure. And uh, thank you to everybody who's listening. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Good luck to the Raiders. There you go. John McClain with the good luck to the Raiders. I love it. Hey, man, everyone's giving a little bit of love to the Raiders, even the great John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Uh, A wealth of knowledge when it comes to the NFL right there in one. John McClain, always appreciate his time each and every time he joins the show on Thursday. 328 is the time. We'll come back. Got tons of text messages. Just in that John McClain interview, we got like five or six more on the Salmon Ash text line. We'll hear from you. celebrity. Yeah, he is, but we'll hear from you as well throughout the course of the show before it gets wrapped up. But we do have our NFL picks. How did DeMond do last week? How did I do last week? What's our overall record? And what games are we picking this week? We'll do it all next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Got about 27 minutes left in today's show. Then we'll be passing the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle with Lincoln Kennedy. Do a fantastic job each and every day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Had a fast-paced show as we always do. Third-year safety Jonathan Abram joined us earlier in the show. Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans joined us. And we just finished wrapping up talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Talking all things NFL. Got a text on the Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword R&R. I love John McClain. He's just one of those guys you could listen to for hours. Yep. When I first met John... That's exactly what we did. <laughs> I mean, when we first met, when I was working at uh, ESPN Central Texas, uh, he had a good relationship with my program director, David Smoke, and uh, he introduced me to him, and we just started talking NFL. And in Central Texas, it's really about college football. It's, that's, it's high school and college football that are really the end-all, be-all. But for me, it's the NFL. And so I just started talking to John one day. We were at, a, at the Super Bowl, and uh, we were setting up to prepare for Radio Row that week. And we sat there and talked and talked, and I was supposed to help be – putting the equipment together and everything and setting up our table. And instead I was just up there talking. Really, I wasn't talking much. I was just listening to John McClain's stories. And that's how we really became friends. And he's been a really good friend of mine uh, for a very long time. He's honestly part of the reason why I'm here. Uh, He's really gone out of his way to try to help uh, further my career as well. And so just a really good uh, all all in all dude, uh, just a great dude. And it's funny. And then I'll, uh, I'll get to our NFL picks. We were talking earlier in the game about baseball and me hitting my first home run. And I said, I didn't hit my first home run until softball. The first softball home run I hit was in the John McClain all-star games that we play, or we were playing. We played every 4th of July weekend in Central Texas. We'd play it over at the, on the campus of Baylor, and he'd invite a bunch of people that he knew, uh, some guys big-time athletes, some guys just you know media guys or whatever. And the very first time he brought me and invited me to play – I played and I let off and I hit a home run and that was my first home run I ever hit in my life. 
And so then after that, I, I, I fell in love with the long ball. You know how they say the chicks <laughs> dig the long ball? Yeah. I fell in love with the long ball. And I, at, at my age, I was like, I don't feel like running fast anymore. I'm just going to hit dingers. I'm like Big Al. My name is Big Al, and I hit dingers. You, so. you felt like the man, huh? Yeah, yeah. I started flexing on folks. I how started you, doing like you, you and your mediums. On bases? Oh, I tried. No, I, I Ricky Henderson it. I, I pimped it. I pimped the whole <laughs> rider. I did. I promise you. And so then for years, and anyone who's ever listened to me on ESPN Central Texas can attest to this, for years, all I did was brag about my skills in softball and how I hit home runs. And, and that being their first time seeing you at this event, they probably like everybody else probably believed it too. No, I told them. Oh. I told them when I hit that home run, John was like, damn, you can hit really well. And I said, that's my first home run I've ever hit in my life. <laughs> in my life. Little league on up. I hope that he can put this event on this summer. I'll go. Yeah, good, because I want the footage. You can come with me. Oh, man. If I I'll was... give you the weekend off. Fourth oh, of July yeah. weekend. Oh, yeah. In Texas. Where's, where's Baylor in Texas again? Waco. Okay. Yeah, in yeah. Waco. It's Let's cool. go. Yeah, we'll go. I got you. Now, you got to buy your own flight. That ain't no problem. All right. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. What uh, What was that from? <laughs> <laughs> That's from, uh, that is from, what is that? Is that Shannon Sharp? What is that? From? Yeah, that is okay. Shannon Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I recognized it. As soon as you said it, I was like, damn, I recognize that. <laughs> that was good. I like that. I like that. Speaking of picks, we got a text on a salmon ass text line. I'll be in Vegas this weekend. Place a bet with both of your picks and see if I win money. Okay. All right. Let's well, hop buddy, to it. Buddy, get prepared to win a lot of money. <laughs> well, if you roll with my picks, not really with Demond's. Let me give you an update. Through three weeks, I went eleven and five last week. Demond, you have it on your sheet. Would you? I think you went eleven and five. Too. I also went eleven and five. Okay, cool. And I'm thirty four and fifteen overall. What's yours? Thirty one and nineteen. Okay, that's not bad. Working on it. Yeah, you're working on it. That's not bad at all. So uh, there you go. After three weeks, I'm um, just slightly ahead of Demond, but that's okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead us with some uh, with some pick'em music and give us something, man? Give us something. Okay, okay, little Joe Button, pump it up. We're running about to pump back, it up. Running it back. All right, here we go. Thursday night football. The Cincinnati Bengals are hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Bengals surprisingly two and one on the season. Jaguars are over. Who are you going with? Cincinnati. I'm rolling with the Bengals as well. Sunday morning, the Washington football team is in the ATL playing the Falcons. Who you got in this one? Falcons all day. I got the Washington football team in that defense up front. Here's one for you, Demon. The Houston Texans just talked to John McClain. They're going to be on the road in Buffalo, a team that you always pick against. You got Buffalo or are you rolling with the Texans? Well, finally, I'm going to have to pick Buffalo because Davis Mills ain't that guy yet. Okay. All right. I got the Buffalo Bills as well. The Detroit Lions just came up a little short last week against Baltimore. They're in Chi-Town. Andy Dalton sounds like and looks like he might get back on the field. I'm very surprised Ooh, by this. That, that's really going to alter my pick. Though. Very surprised by this. I thought Justin Fields was going to be the guy, but he got sacked like a thousand times last exactly. week. Exactly. I wouldn't want to play with them bums no more either. I'm still <laughs> rolling with the hometown team on that one. I'm rolling with Chicago. Who you got? The same way Jameis Winston wants to eat a W. The Lions about to eat some kneecaps. I'm taking the Lions. Okay. You roll with Detroit. I'm rolling with Chi-Town. All right. Here we go. How about this one? The Dallas Cowboys. 10 a.m. kickoff. They're hosting the 3-0 fighting Matt Rules, the Carolina Panthers. Where are you going with this one, Demond? Dallas. You're taking Big D? I think the Carolina Panthers continue to be undefeated. I'm rolling with the fighting Matt Rules. Carolina, 4-0, baby. Your bias is showing. I, I, I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. Their defense <laughs> is damn good. Okay. Carolina's defense is damn good. I'm rolling with Carolina. The Colts at the Dolphins. Dolphins took a took an L last week against the Raiders. The Colts stink. Where are you going? 
Somebody's got to win, so I guess the Dolphins. <laughs> I thought the same thing in that one, so I'm rolling with Miami as well. The Minnesota Vikings, they're hosting the Cleveland Browns. Minnesota, up and down. Cleveland, they got a strong run game. I'm rolling with the Browns. Oh, yeah, the Browns all day. Okay. The New York Giants, they stink. They're at New Orleans, taking on the Saints. Another early kickoff. Thoughts on this one? Where are you going with it? James, baby. All right. Time to eat a W. Eat a W. I'm going to eat a W as well with the Saints. Here's a game you want to talk about bias. The New York Jets, the fighting Zach Wilsons, hosting your Tennessee Titans. Exactly. Like you said, the fighting Zach Wilsons <laughs> against King Henry. Come on. Tennessee. Julio. Tennessee AJ for me. Brown, Tannehill. Well, okay, you know man. what? AJ Brown didn't practice today. Julio Jones didn't practice. Looks like neither one of them are going to be available for the game on Sunday. Just a quick note. Just a quick note. King's still there. All right. King Tennessee. Go I got the Titans as well. Kansas City, one and two on the season. In Philadelphia, taking on Jalen Hurts, who's still probably hurting off that performance he had against the Cowboys Monday night. Uh, which one? Who are you going with in this one? KC or Philly? Kansas City probably going to bounce back. I got the Chiefs as well. Arizona undefeated. L.A. undefeated. The, the Rams, that is. 105 kickoff. Arizona at the Rams. I got the Cardinals. Dang, man. I was really expecting you to pick the Rams. Why? I don't believe. I don't. I still, I, <laughs> I still don't think Matt Stafford's what everybody thinks he is. I think he's good. I think he's really good. You know what? We've been I just ag- don't think he's elite. We've been agreeing too much, and this is really a pick 'em. So I'm gonna pick the home team. I'm gonna pick the Rams. That's. I'm not mad at that. They got a good, strong defense, and they're playing well on offense. Arizona got a strong defense. They're playing well on offense. So it's it's it, it is. It's a pick 'em game. Seattle on the road taking on San Francisco. I think I've taken Seattle two weeks in a row, and they've. Lost every time I've taken. I think I've. I think I picked them every week so far this season. All three weeks I think I picked them, and they've only won one of those games. This is no no different. I'm rolling with Seattle again. Russell Wilson is already in mid season form. He's stinking up the joint. Let's go, uh, San Francisco. All right, Demar goes San Francisco. I go Seattle. The Baltimore Ravens taking on the undefeated Denver Broncos. Lamar Jackson. He uh, had a back injury. He's flipping into the end zone too much. He was out of practice today. You got Baltimore, you got the Broncos. Bad back and all. Lamar's going to get the win. All right, I got the Baltimore Ravens as well. How about this one? The Pittsburgh Steelers not looking too hot on the two-game losing streak at Green Bay. All of a sudden, they're starting to look like Green Bay was expected to look at the beginning of the season. Green Bay is the home team here. Lambeau Field, baby. I got the Packers. Of course, Big Ben's washed. I remember, you remember a couple weeks ago, Groom was like, who wrote them off? I want some names. I'll put my name on it. The man's washed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tamar's putting his name on it. Big Ben is washed. We actually had a caller. Remember that uh, that was a, a Steeler fan that called in and said yes. that he disagreed with me when I said that I didn't think Big Ben was washed either. I'll tell you, um, <laughs> it's hard to defend Big Ben these days. It really is. Big Ben's making me look bad at this point. Tampa Bay at New England, the Brady Bowl. Tampa Bay coming off that L that they took against the Rams. New England, they're looking for some answers. Mac Jones is the quarterback. It's in Foxborough. What's your thoughts? Man, Tom Brady about to go in there and wax him. All right. Antonio Brown's off the COVID list now, so he'll be out back playing. Revenge game for him. Revenge game for Bronk. <laughs> for Gronk. It's a revenge game for about the whole team. There you go. Tampa Bay for me as well. And then, and then the week four gets wrapped up. Game will be played right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 515 kicks off Monday Night Football. Lewis Riddick will be on the call, by the way. Lewis Riddick will be on the show tomorrow. We promise. Good job, Damon. Getting that locked in. Lewis Riddick will be on the call. Chargers hosting the Raiders. Chargers 2-1-1. Raiders 3-0. 
Do the Raiders improve to 4-0 to Mon? All right, Raider Nation. I might surprise y'all here. But I'm taking the Raiders. Are you? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were going to surprise them and go with the Chargers, but I uh, I went back and forth a couple times on this, but I think on the strength of the defense, the Raiders are able to get it done. I think Justin Herbert will make a couple mistakes. You know, their defense, the Chargers' defense is really good, but their offense to me is I'm not impressed with it just yet. Justin Herbert's a damn good quarterback. I'm just not impressed with it yet. They're averaging about 22 points a game. I think that the Raiders, and I actually I know the Raiders and Derek Carr can score more than that, even against a good good defense, as they've shown three weeks in a row. So I think that the Raiders get this victory 28 to 24. That's my call. Ooh, 28-24. What's your score call? Let's go 31-24. 31-24. Silver and black. Says Damon Cotton. 344 is the time. That's our picks for week four. Write them down. Love them. Do what you want to do with them. Take a note. Post a note. It's all good. But that's how we get down. 344 is the time. This is Unnecessary Roughness. We'll come back with your text messages and your calls. 702-365-9800 as we wrap up the show here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple more minutes left in today's show. We'll be passing the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, as well as Lincoln Kennedy coming up in just a few minutes. Had so much that I want to get to on today's show. So much. The Raiders injury report just came out. Wanted to go over that. Got a ton of text messages on the Sam and Ash text line that I wanted to get to. But I also wanted you to hear this sound. Darren Waller, Raiders tight end, has a a podcast that he does, Comeback Stories. Does a really good job of it. And he had Carl Nassib on. And apparently that show is going to be released today. Today, I didn't realize today was National Podcasters Day. I should know that as a guy that has about 5,000 podcasts under my belt. And I feel like I do 5,000 a day, which is okay. I'm okay with that. I enjoy it. I didn't know today was, you know, National Podcasters Day. But that's what it is. So they're releasing their episode (laughs) They're releasing that episode today. It might even be out right now wherever you can find your 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 favorite podcast at. But uh, Carl Nassib, and I, I say that this is no longer a storyline anymore, him coming out, but obviously in this kind of a setting and with Darren Waller and the comeback stories and putting it all together, it is a story that Darren Waller asked him about. So here's just a preview. If you want to go check out this, this uh, podcast and what you'll get, here's a little sample of Carl Nassib talking about how stressful it was coming out. I really... Was trying was going back and forth on like whether to come out to the team before coming out like right. p- like to everybody, and I was like, damn, like what other f- gay dude has to come out to his entire f- business? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. no, like coming out to one single f- person is stressful enough. Like I'm not about to sit up there have my voice crack a thousand times. Right. And uh, so I wanted to be at home with my best friends, with my family really comfortable position. I didn't really do it to like break barriers. I did it because I felt an obligation to the LGBTQ community um, to bring representation and bring um, visibility to a very, very popular entertainment business, to a very, very popular industry that doesn't have a lot of representation. So there you go right there. That was just a little bit of a sample of what you can get to hear on the Comeback Stories podcast with Darren Waller, Carl Nassib is his guest. Uh, they were all in attendance the other night at the Aces game. Uh, I'll be headed over to the Aces game a little bit later on this evening for game two of their series against the Mercury. But uh, I'll tell you, man, uh, he is he is so 
um, you know, welcomed in by so many people as they introduced him the other night because they went around the whole arena. The Aces do a really good job of recognizing all the people and stars that were in the building, and they recognized every single Raider that was in the building. And uh, when they got to Carl and they, you know, recognized him and, and he stood up and, and you know, just kind of waved at everyone, there were so many people that were sitting behind uh, the media right there on the floor that were yelling at him and, and, and in a positive way, you know, like thanking him and stuff. And it's just it's cool to see that because, again, I am ne- never been a dude that has cared. I don't care what you like at all because I know what I like and now I'm about that. And that's all that matters. You know, what I mean, like I don't care uh, which which side of the street you run down because I know what side of the street I'm running down and whatever's whatever. And we could run together. You know, what I mean, like it's cool, but. It's just so funny to see so many people, and it's good. It's a, it's a positive energy to see so many people just really embracing uh, Carl and everything. And I think that he really appreciated that the other night at the at the Aces game. So if you want to hear him and, and hear him and Darren Waller, and again, Darren Waller does a really good job of uh, you know, doing a podcast and, and what he's got going on. Of course, uh, he had his, his, um, his dinner the other night where it was, uh, he raised a ton of money, I think over $50,000. Uh, it was a ton of money that he raised, uh, you know, for his, his foundation and everything. So, uh, Darren Wall is doing some good things on and off the field. Went a lot smoother than last year. Yeah. Yeah. And I also thought... blue wire pod. If you want to, if you're looking for that podcast, give them shout outs on their network. Yeah. There you go. Give them that credit. There you go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Go on, <laughs> go on make it happen. <laughs> I want to get, I want to get them mad at us. <laughs> but, yeah, that's good stuff right there. So now, without further ado, let's go on uh, to the Raiders headquarters out there in Henderson. My man, Vinny Bonsignor, in the huddle. He's coming up next. Vinny, what's going on with you this afternoon, my man? I'm doing great. Uh, really inspiring to hear, um, you know, that conversation right there between Darren Waller uh, and, and Carl Nassib and just two role models. Yep. Um, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, in life, you're not quite sure who you're affected with. In our small little world, right. Um, you don't know how many people are actually reading or listening, or and, and sometimes you're humbled by how many really are, yep. let alone for somebody that has the platform that both of those players have. Uh, and I, at some point in their lives, and, and, and Carl in particular, uh, he's probably going to sit back and realize you know, um, how big it was, what he did uh, and continues to do, and the influence, the positive influence that he's uh, having. It really is inspiring, and uh, I'm just very, very happy for him, just from a humanistic standpoint. But I got a question for you, Q. All right, let All right, it rip. So, yeah, um, and, and it's, it's, you raise an interesting question. You said earlier you don't feel Matthew Stafford is an elite quarterback. And, and before we you know, get into it uh, um, any further about it, it's like what's the criteria – for an elite quarterback, you know, like what do you right. when when you think of an elite quarterback, what do we think? What are we talking about here? Right. Well, I, I just think elite quarterback. There's probably four or five in the league at tops. You know what I'm saying? Like elite. I know that there are some really good quarterbacks in the league right now. Hell, Derek Carr's playing like a really good quarterback. My whole thing is, and, and this, you know, I, I'm not trying to sound disrespectful to Matt Stafford at all because I do think he's good. I just think I felt like for years he always got a pass because he played in Detroit. And I've had this conversation before. I felt like other quarterbacks, including Derek Carr, have never had a pass because of where they played. It's always been like, well, you've got to elevate the team around you to be better. It's just it's on you. You're, you are what your win-loss record says you are. But Matt Stafford always, in my opinion, got a pass. But I do know he's really damn good. I get yeah, that. Yeah, you know. and I, I think with – it's interesting because I think he and Carr have uh, similar stories. Um, Agreed. I think with, with Matthew, when you watch him – it doesn't take long for you to figure out, wow, that dude's got everything that you're looking for in a quarterback, number one. And, like, just he's, he's, an, he's an incredible talent yes. like, in every which way Agreed. as a quarterback, right? Uh, but number two, I think, that this, I think everyone just 
it's the Detroit Lions. Like I've talked to Rodney Pete, who played for the Detroit Lions and loved his time there, but it's like the de- there's just such a dysfunction there for years, decades, that there's no real history of success that I, I don't necessarily think it's a free pass. I, do, I just think it's an understanding. If you go to Detroit, kind of like what's happening with the Jets right now, if you go there, you'd almost go to, uh, you know, fade, <laughs> fade uh, from, from – you go into oblivion in a lot of ways. But he was able to still put up spectacular numbers individually, just right. not from a, from a winning standpoint. Whereas the Raiders, as bad as it might have been these last two decades, let's be honest. I was about to say, 20-plus years. They're still – it's the Raiders, man, and they've got. I'm staring at the three Super Bowl championship trophies that are, you know, painted on or, or whatever it is on the wall here in the studio. It stands for something, and that's not the expectation for the Raiders. And it's not like uh, the um, so so he gets judged differently, not fair or not. I, I won't, you know, it's it's not fair at all, but because his situation really is pretty much similar to what uh, to what Matthew Stafford dealt with. But I just think. Wearing that uniform and that Raider uniform, it just changes the expectations. And so, um, you know, but I think he's elite. I think Matthew Stafford is elite, and I think he's going to show that this year. He's going to continue to play well. I don't – I would not be surprised if they're the NFC um, representative in the Super Bowl. And I think when he starts getting these stages to really perform around a great team, obviously, and on these big stages like he got Sunday – I think a lot of people are going to start realizing how good he is, as they are Derek Carr, too. Right. Well, that, and that's been my whole point the whole time is just that they're, I feel like they're in the same page. They're in the same book. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's been my whole thing. But I get it. I understand what everyone's saying. Uh, I just, I, I'm just waiting to see from both sides of, uh, of, the, of the coin. You know, he's playing well. Derek Carr's playing well as well. So, uh, good stuff. 3.57 is the time. It's a done deal for me. Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy are coming up next in the huddle right here on the flagship station for your Las Vegas Raiders, Raider Nation Radio 920.